0: Welcome to Chick Chat, the baby chick podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the baby chick. And today I'm chatting with nationally certified car seat technician, Michelle Pratt. Michelle is the owner of Safe in the Seat, which handles all things car seats, like online courses, custom car seat selection, phone-a-friend inquiries and support, as well as full car seat installation and consultations in office, in home, or virtual. Michelle is also a proud mom of two and lives in South Tampa with her children. With National Child Passenger Safety Week approaching next week, we thought Michelle would be an excellent person to talk to about car seats so that we can get the scoop on what parents need to know. She's sharing with us the most common mistakes parents make with their kids' car seats, as well as answering our questions. Welcome, Michelle. Awesome, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. You bet. So glad to be here. Absolutely. Okay. So as I said in our intro, National Passenger Safety Week is approaching. And so with all of that, parents can get so confused with car seats. There's so many, there's so many technical terms. It can get just downright confusing. So we're excited to chat with you. My first question for you, Michelle, is car seats. As I said, they're so confusing. What are the most common mistakes you see parents making with their kids' car seats?
1: So, you know, I think first off, I kind of want to give every parent a little bit of grace because I think so many of us think when we have kids, we just are like automatically supposed to know what to do with a car seat and we, we don't and we shouldn't be expected to. So I like to tell people, you know, like this isn't something that's intuitive and that you should just know how to do. So that means we have to learn about it. So the, the most common mistake That I see is people think when they purchase a car seat that their kids will be safe. And that would be lovely, but it's not the car seat that keeps our kids safe, it's how we use it. And I think that that it's such a broad statement of sort of what's the most common mistake, but I think it is the assumption that I purchased it. And so now it's just going to be right. It's going to be easy. I'm just going to stick the thing in there and buckle my kid up. And I, I wish truly, truly, I wish as a parent <laughs> and as a certified expert in this area, I wish it were that easy, but it's just not. So that is, just sort of awareness that purchasing the car seat itself is not enough to keep our kids safe. In my experience, both with, you know, in one-on-one consults and classes, I have yet to see a parent nail every single aspect of installation and harnessing. Meaning I have not seen one family yet get it 100% right because it's complicated. So I think the other mistake is people don't read the manual because we're sort of conditioned to you know, throw them away and not really pay much attention to them. So that manual is our guide for how do we keep our kids safe and then utilizing you know, experts like myself or other child passenger safety technicians to help you figure it out, to make that manual come to life so that you feel empowered to keep your kids safe. That's kind of my general sort of overview of, you know, it's just, it is tough and there's a lot to know but there's help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I so appreciate you saying that, you know, giving us parents grace in that and recognizing, yeah, there are so many different car seats and understanding exactly how to install it in your car the proper way and then getting your child's, you know, buckled in the right way and keeping them in the right position for however long and knowing all that kind of stuff, it's not just embedded in our brain when, when we give birth, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) That's not like this thing that flies into, you know, our bodies and brains when we automatically have a child. So, right. It takes a lot of, you know, learning and practice and understanding. And I, a big part of my philosophy in general is for parents to understand why, why do we have to do this? Why do these things matter? Because I think when we're able to, to connect, why, proper installation matters, why proper harnessing matters, then we are so much more eager and willing to do it that way. None of us ever want to intentionally put our kids at risk or in danger. We would never do that. But I think in the car seat safety world, there has been a big gap between everyone needs to use a car seat. You need to use it correctly. And here's how you do it but we miss the, tell me why it matters. And that's the part when I think we see the real sort of aha moments happening for parents. And then it dramatically increases proper use
0: because you understand why. Right. Can you tell us briefly why it matters then? Because if you're saying that's the important thing to really understand other than like, obviously to keep our kids safe, but like, why is it? Why is that so important?
1: You know, I think, first of all, I never, ever thought this is what I would be talking to people about on a podcast about, <laughs> safety. but here I am because I started off the same way that we all did, which is, you know, a mom and I, I needed help and I couldn't find it. So like a lot of you listening, I imagine thinking, well, I get a car seat and it keeps my kids safe. That's great. Check. But as I've gone through this journey I've needed to know why and how they make our kids safer so that I can explain it to you all. And for me, what's fascinating about car seat safety is, you know, we spend so much time and effort and energy as parents, you know, scrolling at night, reading things, listening to, you know, our friends and other moms who, who maybe have, you know, done it before us. We get all these sort of parenting preferences and judgment calls, but car seats are science. There really is a right and wrong way to do it. And I think that's pretty empowering, actually, because sometimes when you're living in this like gray area of deciding all these things, it's like, can someone just tell me what to do? And in car seat safety, you can. I can tell you exactly what to do to keep your kids safe. So, you know, car crashes are the leading cause of death out of all the things we do with our kids, out of all the measures that we take to protect them, we're in the car the most, there we are most likely to be in an accident with our kids. The car seats that we purchase are literally designed to take on the crash force, the crash forces in an accident. So what that means is the actual shell of the car seat has been designed in partnership with the harness, right? On the car seat itself. To take away the crash forces from our kid's body and distribute them into the car seat rather than into our kid. And that is powerful because if we're in a crash, and you know, the other common thing that certainly I thought it, many of us do, it's like, oh, I'm just going up the road to the park, you know, or we're just running to get ice cream, or it's just, you know, we're gonna head up to school, it's just a couple minutes away. The thing is, crashes happen at all speeds, and it doesn't take very much speed to have a really significant crash because it is the speed of the car times whatever the object's weight is in the car. So for example, when the child weighs 20 pounds and we multiply that times the speed of the car, so let's say it was 20 miles an hour, that is 400 pounds of crash force energy. That's just for the child. Oh my gosh. So that car seat that we have sort of I like to think about it as a you know a car is made, a vehicle is made to fit adult bodies, right? And we have to retrofit it, if you will, with this piece of equipment, this car seat, to make sure our kids fit in it properly, fit in the vehicle properly. And we can take them from point A to point, point B. We do that with this car seat. And so that's one of the ways that the car seat parts, the harness system, how we install it, how we harness our child in, it's all really deliberate and very much attached to crash force energy, distribution of those crash forces, how we protect their head, neck, and spine, not allowing their bodies to be outside of the shell of the car seat so they aren't hit by any projectiles. It's all specific and it has a purpose. And so every piece of the process Matters and can I tell you how much it matters? Yes, please. I was (laughs) gonna say, can you? (laughs) Yes, I (laughs) I wish I could take like every single you know, if we take all the misuses, right? So, I gave you sort of a generalized misuse, but if I said not getting your car seat installed tightly enough, so that happens a lot for many people, it's supposed to when you check it at the belt path, which is where the car seat connects to the vehicle seat back. So either with lower anchor connectors, those little things you push in or with the seatbelt, when you check it by where that's routed, like when you, wait, you kind of give it a handshake right there. It's not supposed to move more than an inch. I wish I could tell you if it moves more than an inch, this is what happens. But here's the thing. Every kid size, every car, every crash, every direction in which you would get in a crash is different. So the formula, right, of what that exactly, what that would look like in any given scenario could change. But what we do know is movement matters. The more movement of the car seat itself or of our child in the seat, the more injury or worse. Right. Right. So can I tell you the specifics of if you do this at this rate and get hit at this direction using this car seat in this car? No. But it's enough to know that a tightly installed car seat, a properly harnessed child protects their body from a lot of movement. And that means we keep their head, neck and spine, the things we cannot fix in proper alignment and from sort of pulling in directions we don't want it to from happening. That's pretty powerful.
0: That is. I mean, thank goodness for having l- people like you, certified car seat technicians, because, oh my goodness, if parents were, you know, one, those manuals can be so confusing. And sometimes if you're just like, oh, I've had it up to my eyeballs with all of this, being able to contact someone like you who has this knowledge and experience is so helpful. So I'm so glad that you're going through it with us because, yeah. And
1: it is. It's, I mean, I still read manuals and oftentimes have to you know, reach out to the lead safety technicians at the manufacturer and say, Hey, this is a little, you know, I still don't understand what you're trying to relay here. You know, and I am an expert in this area. So I totally get that feeling. Just having gone through it myself, installing and harnessing my own kids, you know, and then helping so many other families to do the same. I always encourage people, I think one of the things that we're all guilty of in parenting and motherhood is. What I call proximity advice, and you know, we sort of—it's like whomever is around us at the time. We ask them <laughs> for answers. To, you know, for installing a car seat, and our neighbor walks up. We're like, "Is this right? Did I do this right?" It's like, okay, great question. Wrong person to ask. <laughs> right. You know, let's find someone who they may have an opinion for sure, and they're certainly experts in other areas. But there are Car seat safety experts. We are required to be certified and regularly recertify in order to speak about this and keep, you know, help caregivers keep their kids safe. So I always tell people, don't expect your pediatrician or your OBGYN or your fellow mom to be sort of your Yoda of car seats. <laughs> they're just, that's not what they're, that's not their thing. They have a lot of other things, but that's not it.
0: Yeah, because there's so much training that goes into that. And that's so true. And and so for my question for you that I think a lot of parents are then curious to ask is, you know, as a expert in car seats, what should parents look for in a car seat when they're, you know, when it's that time to make that purchase?
1: So I want everybody to know all car seats, like regulated car seats that are sold at reputable retailers, right? They all pass the same crash test standards. There is a baseline crash test standard, and then every single car seat on the market gets a pass-fail, right? Obviously, if they fail, they go back to product and development, they fix it, they test again. All car seats, whether they are $70 or there's none that are $700, but for my analogy, close, $70 to $700, they all pass that same sort of baseline criteria. So There are so, so many choices. So it it is just decision fatigue when it comes to choosing a car seat. What I want people to think about is to start with the things you cannot change. So let me break it down this way. In an example, we all can understand. If I were going to purchase a couch, right? I needed a new couch for my living room. I would look at the size of the room the number of people I would want that couch to be able to seat, what type of couch do I want to sectional? do I want to pull out, you know, et cetera, those types of things. Does it fit with my other furniture, the look of it, the size of it? And then I'd want to think about my budget. That couch example is very similar for car seats. So if we take that and apply it to car seat world, if we think about, Before we even go down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what car seat to buy, we need to sort of set our parameters, right? So, where is this car? What type of car seat do I need for my child? Like, what stage are they in? Who else is sitting in the car? How much room do I have in the car, front to back, side to side? And how much do I have to spend on this? Do I have to put it in one car, two cars, grandma's car? How many cars? So, I like people to start with just sort of what are the the things that can make sort of funnel the process down to make that, you know, inevitable Google search a little bit less daunting. So start with sort of those big buckets. And then you get into what are the features that are important to me. And so if I go back to that couch example, if, you know, in my own home, in my own living room, if I had narrowed down, I want a sectional couch that has the ability to seat six adults would like it to be able to fit in this corner. It's going to go with this chair. I'm willing to spend a thousand dollars on it, whatever it may be. We would do that same process for our car seats. But then I would go into what type of fabric do I want? What color? you know, What's the durability like? Does it come apart in sections so I can move it easily? Whatever things related to whatever you're, buying in a couch world that makes sense to you. In the car seat world, that's when we really get into what are the features of a car seat that make it easy to use so that I I know that every time I use it in my car with my child, I will use it properly. The advanced safety features, so having an understanding of what are the features that are You know, you heard me say earlier, they all meet the basic crash test criteria, which means every single car seat is safe. It's how you use it, as I said earlier, that matters. I would pick a parent using a $100 car seat over a $500 car seat used correctly every day of the week, every single day of the week. Proper use to me, that's what we care about. So, what are the features on that seat that are going to, you know, ensure that you? get it in properly, that are, you know, added safety features. So some of those things that are out on the market now, and just to try not to completely overwhelm your audience, there are (laughs) a handful of them that that people know, you know, sort of see floating around. So anti-rebound bars or something that um, are on more and more of our car seats now. You'll hear about side impact protection. You'll hear about load legs, which are like these little legs literally like a leg that sticks out of the base of some infant car seats some of those things are coming to market as added or advanced safety features that are important to some parents they're not necessary but you know you may like that added safety feature and then the third sort of category of things that I I like people to look at is then it's sort of the look and feel you know some of us want to be able to remove the cover and wash it. Some of us want, you know, my daughter is in a purple car seat, which I literally never thought I would allow to happen, but yet there she is in her purple little car seat, you know, colors, cleanability, flame retardant, use or not like added chemicals, those types of things. So
0: does that help? I mean, I really, it's like, it's so big, No, that's, I mean, that's fantastic because there really are so many things that parents can consider when making their purchase. That's why I wanted you to go over, like, what are those things? Because I don't even, all of those things that you listed, I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. And I don't even, obviously I'm in the baby world and as a baby planner, I've helped You know, parents decide like if they'll say, "Oh, these are the three car seats that I really like. Which one do you like?" I'll say my preference, but I'm not an expert in this field like you are. And recognizing, oh yes, those I remember those features. I remember this and the cleanability. Oh my gosh, I have a toddler. Yes, you want to get something that's easy to clean. Or and considering, yes, how many do I have to purchase? One for each partner's car, or grandma, grandpa, or whoever the nanny, whatever it is. Yeah, all of those things are so important to consider. And, and I loved your analogy, the whole couch thing, because that puts it into perspective of really realizing that there are so many great ones out there, but it's just deciding with your lifestyle, with you know your car size, your budget, all of those things really account for which is the right car seat for you.
1: Right. I just think when any of us go to buy any type of product, I think... Before we start searching for it, of course, we have like impulse buys that are, you know, we're just going to buy on impulse and they don't matter. This purchase matters because it's literally a life saving device. So when we go to purchase it, figuring out those sort of parameters first budget, size, you know, vehicle fit, child fit, all of that it helps to narrow. The field, because the, like I said, that decision fatigue, that just the volume of choices is incredibly overwhelming. But if we can narrow it down with a couple of those factors first, and then go and take a look at, you know, what are those features that are important to me, to my personal life and lifestyle and child and family, et cetera. I think that that's a better way for us to approach this whole car seat
0: buying madness. Right. I think also a lot of parents, they just Google like best car seats because they want the best for their children. They want the safest and the best. And they think that there's maybe like two or three that are the ultimate best car seats. And they just want to know what that is so then they can save for it or whatever. But having you say that all of them, when used properly and installed properly, it doesn't matter if you're doing the expensive car seat or the less expensive one it's all about the use of it i think that's hopefully should give parents you know some a sense of relief of like okay you know i just need to consider what's important to me and my family materials safety features whatever but at the end of the day you know whatever i choose is a good safe choice as long as i'm doing it the right way
1: right absolutely they all have to pass the same You know, criteria and do some of our car seats that are on the market go above and beyond that standard of crash tests? You know, what is federally required? Yes, some of them go above and beyond in certain areas. And you have to decide if those areas are important to you or not. I mean, car seats are a lot like, I think they fall a lot on that sort of risk tolerance scale. You know, I'm willing to take on. X amount of risk that this type of feature will or will not be something that I need or would be beneficial to me. And I can't answer that for people. Right, But I think once you know more about, you know, just sort of how do I narrow this choice down? And then you learn about the features, the ease of use, the safety, the sort of look and feel features. Once you you kind of gather that information for yourself and your family, then you can compare it to what you're seeing all over the internet. And we can ask better questions instead of what's the best car seat, we can take the parameters and the features that we've narrowed it down to for our family and Google that, start there. I'm hoping to have a resource for people to fix this in the next couple of months to at least give us a way to get to these answers, like a list of here. Okay. Of all these things, I know I care about these five. Uh, I'm hoping to help us with a process to get there and make it a little bit easier because it's daunting for even me. And this is what I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that helps and makes me as a parent feel a lot better. And you know, we kind of went over, my next question for you was going to be with so many great car seats on the market at all different prices you know what are your thoughts on saving or splurging and is that extra money worth it to you so basically it's it doesn't matter if you save or you splurge it's just how you use it and doing it properly is that correct
1: yes i mean bottom line is proper use and you know i think some of the you know as we go up in price point in car seats typically it's because of added features now it's important for people to just like if you buy a car right and you have different packages that you can get in the car to up the features in the car so like I of course drive a minivan because you know here we are (laughs) didn't think that would happen either but yep here I am car seat and minivan, living the life. I love it. Um, I mean, it's just like game over right? for uh, <laughs> my car, but I love it. I love actually the ease of use. Again, that was important to me when I narrowed things down in a car. So, if you think about even when I purchased that car, they offered different packages, right? So, and it went up in price. Do you want a TV monitor? Do you not? Do you want all-wheel drive? Do you not? If you look at, and then they charge you more for it. The basic car is still perfectly safe. And that's very similar to car seats. It's the added features that typically drive the price up. And some of those features are simply marketing. And some of them are ease of use. Some of them are we've added extra padding, you know, like it's just more padded than others. And some are added advanced safety features. So that's sort of the, the scale that you're going kind of up as you go up in price point. Does it mean it's better? No, it just means that it may have more features than the lower price point one.
0: Okay. So my next question for you is, uh, you know, I'm going rogue, and it might be a little controversial, but I now want to know, I'm curious, Michelle, I need to know this answer. What car seats are your favorites? Which are the ones that you tend to find yourself recommending over and over to families?
1: You know, I truly, so I have two children and I have two sets of grandparents close by and myself and my ex-husband. So we have car seats like everywhere. And I have probably eight different brands, seven, seven different brands in those seats, because, in those vehicles, because I like to test them out. I, it's still a hard question for me to answer because I need to know more about, like I said, what's important to you. There are definitely, I love seats that are longer lasting, that allow our kids to rear face for a longer period of time. Uh, I'm sure you're going to ask me about that at some point. Some yes, point. I will. <laughs> um, so I'm a big fan of seats that give us the ability to keep our kids in that rear-facing position as long as possible. The thing is, almost all of our brands have at least one seat that does that. I like the car seats a lot that have a feature. It's a tension panel feature. So there's a great Graco Snuglock, a Britax ClickTite a Nuna Rava, those types of car seats have these sort of tension panels to help with easily attaching the car seat, if you will, to the vehicle. I'm a big fan of those. There's limits to those though, and where they fit. And, you know, there's, it's like, there's caveats to sort of, to all of them. You know, I love, CLEC seats are a fan favorite because they fit well in Smaller vehicles and, you know, for families with with lots of kids or wanting three across situations, they're definitely one of the ones that I look at first. I think, you know, I know that's like, that's not a very I sometimes in this car seat stuff, I'm like, Michelle, just give them an answer. They just want an answer. And I wish I could. I wish I could just say, these three, go get one of these three. <laughs> and if I can ever get there, I promise to you and everyone that I speak with, I will do that. I will. I'm not trying to like hold out. I just, it's so darn specific to child fit, family, you know, vehicle fit, budget, how you want to use it. It's a hard question. You know, for me to answer.
0: No, and I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty with that, and and that makes total sense. I just wanted to know the juice if there was like, you know what, Nina, you really should just go with this one. No, I
1: really <laughs> wish I could. I do. Well, you know what? One day, you and I will just quit our current lives and we'll go design
0: <laughs> our there we ultimate
1: go. dream car seat. And, I love it. You know, I'd love it if there were two choices in each category and it was like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> this is all you got people because I think for many of us, we would prefer it that way. Yeah. Tell me what to get and I will get it and then I'll work on how to use it properly. But we're not quite there yet. Uh, yes. I am working on some tools to try to at least help all of us narrow it down and not, you know, go down the Google black hole and lose hours of our lives on something that, you know, maybe I can make a little bit easier for people.
0: And I appreciate that. And you know, one of the things that you said that you love is when a car seat, you know, can be used for a longer period of time. So that kind of goes into my next question that I have for you, Michelle. How do you feel about all-in-one car seats, or do you prefer families get an infant car seat first and then a convertible? The reason why I ask this, I know that some people will say, well, I want an infant car seat because I want to be able to click the car seat into a stroller and be able to just click and go. But then I have, you know, another mom that's like, well, I'll just, you know, take the baby out and wear the baby and and that'll be fine. And and then the all-in-one car seat will just last me a lot longer. It saves me money. Then I don't have to have the click and go stroller and the infant car seat and then upgrade after a year and blah, 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 blah. So, Yeah.
1: All right. So here I can go rogue. I can go rogue here. I have a, I do have my own sort of like safe in the seat opinion on this, on this one. That is not, may or may not be the opinion. I'm not speaking on behalf of all nationally certified technicians here. I'm telling you my opinion. My opinion is this, as a mom and as a certified technician, I am not a fan of all-in-one car seats in general. Are there, there might be, yeah, no, I can't even think of one that I would tell... (laughs) People, there are a couple that do like three in one that are maybe, but when we talk specifically about the infant car seat and then the rear facing convertible car seat, which is the next step, can you start with either one? Yes, in quotation marks. So here's why I, in general, approach car seat safety and my sort of whole platform from the perspective of a mom first. And As a mom, when I was a first time mom, I want the most stress free, you know, easiest, least anxiety producing things to be around me. And so when I talk to parents about where do you start, because we have safe infant car seats that start at, I think $70 is the lowest priced one that's extremely safe to use, so the kind that has a carrying handle. I like parents to start with an infant car seat, especially first time parents, because one, we know it's designed to actually fit your small child, right? So that next stage seat up, while many of them claim that they can fit a five pound baby, maybe, (laughs) they might. They fit some five pound babies, But in general, I don't really want you leaving the hospital or or getting ready for that first ride home with any kind of maybe. I just don't. So that infant car seat for me really allows parents, you know, you're buckling your child in inside. And that's a lot easier, especially if you have birthed this child. That's uncomfortable for a little period of time. And so the more we can do sort of inside and get you know make sure the baby is properly harnessed and move them to the car i just think that's a convenience factor that for most parents i recommend and and that other factor is that infant car seats are designed for infants which means we have very few instances where an infant you know a full term infant where some of our preemie infants need to be in a little bit more specific of an infant size you know of an infant car seat but our full term sort of average size newborns typically fit well in almost any infant car seat. And I can't say the same for that in a convertible car seat. So that's a risk that, again, it's sort of where do you fall on that scale? And what matters to your family? And what's your budget over time? And you know, are you going to use a stroller? All of those things. But in general... I like to push the easier, nothing's easy about car seats, but easier button and start with an infant car seat and then progress into the next stage of a convertible rear facing
0: car seat. Awesome. Okay. And now that you brought up a convertible rear facing car seat, that leads me to my next question, which I mean, I am very different from a lot of... Like moms that I'm around. And I have an almost three year old. He'll be turning three in a month. And he is still rear facing. And that's what. I mean, I believe the height uh, limit for rear-facing is 41 inches. He's below that. I believe it's like 40 pounds. He's 36 pounds. So, you know, he meets the requirements of being able to safely still be rear-facing. But I still get looks like, oh my gosh, you know, he's rather large. I think he's ready to start flipping even people at his school. I'm like, no. But that's just me and how I feel. And from the knowledge that I have... (laughs) But for you, at what age or weight or height or, you know, do you feel children should turn around and face forward in their car seat?
1: So I want to start this sort of answer by saying that I turned my son, so my firstborn, literally on his second birthday. Turned him forward facing. So I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Uh, Like I, on the actual day, I was like, okay, we've hit this day. It's time to turn forward facing because I don't know. That's just how I was influenced to do it. And my daughter, so my, my second child, I just turned her forward facing at four and a half years old. So what changed for me in that time? This is it. I think we all, you know, even me as like a first time mom with my son, we asked this question, when should I turn my child forward-facing, right? It's just, that's what we ask. But it's the wrong question. The question we need to ask is, when is my child's body physically developed enough to withstand deadly crash forces? And like, I get chills every time I say something like that out loud. Because, you know, in the beginning, when you and I started, Nina, we were talking about the, the why and helping parents to connect the, what is this big lug of a thing I got to stick in my car for, you know, a long time, that's heavy and awkward and annoying. What does it really do? Why does it matter? And when I think for me in that gap, just between me turning my son on his second birthday, and then me just turning my daughter at four and a half years old, here's what I learned and what I wish, you know, all parents to know and understand a rear facing car seat, right? It's designed to, the shell of it is designed to absorb the crash force impact. So your child's body doesn't. So like, think about that for a minute, in a crash of any kind. And again, we talked earlier about some of the, you know, just low speeds are create significant crash force impact. None of us would want our kids to take that on so that rear-facing car seat literally absorbs that crash force instead of your, body, your child's body doing it. It's like, okay, yep, sign me up for that. Like, who would say no to that? No one. The other part of that is when we look at our kids, sometimes we're very tempted to just see what they look like on the outside, and then we assume that their insides are developed as well. So if you even think about your kid, like the positions they can get into on the floor, like as I, you know, push myself up as I get older from getting off the floor with my kids, like sitting in these crazy positions for long periods of time. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm so old. And I can't, you know, my body is hurting in all these ways. We tend to think of our kids' bodies that same way. They're not developed the same way we are. So a rear facing kid, they're bone structure, and especially in their head, neck, and spine, which again is the area of their body we cannot fix, right? It's not fused together. Their bones are literally not fused together. It's why they can be in all these weird positions. It's why they can curl up on us in these little balls and stay that way for a long time period of time without not being able to move their neck for three days, which is what would happen to me, right? (laughs) Right. So their bodies are still developing. And so when we're rear-facing and we get in a crash, our kids, their bodies fall back into the car seat. So you can kind of imagine that rear-facing seat and their bodies like pushing back into it. And that's completely protecting their head, neck, and spine versus... If that same crash happened forward-facing, what happens to their head? It flies forward, right? So it would literally snap forward. Now for older, more physically developed kids, that is less risky because their bodies have had time, more time, right, to fuse those bones together, to develop on the inside. But when we turn our young kids forward facing before their bone and muscular structure has had time to develop more we're putting all of that crash force on their body and expecting their body to be able to you know withstand that and that's just that's not a reasonable expectation so i tell people i like people to have in their head and it's going to be like mic drop when i say this so i tell people i want you to purchase a car seat When you're doing all that, which car seat am I going to choose? I like people to look for one that's going to get you rear-facing until your kid is is at least four years old. So the reason is that data shows us that the majority of the spine is fused together by the time a kid is age four. So that's why the, I'm not picking that number out of thin air. That's kind of why I say that's a goal. No judgment for me if it happens sooner. But if when we're purchasing a car seat, we sort of know that with the end in mind, we can take our child's stats, right? Their height and weight stats, and, and plug it in. Or at the pediatrician's office when we get that chart, you know, you can kind of match it up to what are the height and weight limits of the car seats that you're you're looking at. Now, Nina, like for you. You're doing what I would want people to do, which is you're trying to max out, get your child as close to the height limit, the weight limit, and then there's a third limit, which is your child's head has to be one inch below the top of the car seat. You want to, whichever one of those you hit first, great. Then, you know, we may have to do it before four years old, but you have maxed out the rear facing limits of your seat. And so that it's like, if you're in the process of choosing, let's work on getting to, you know, one that's going to get you as long as possible. If you have a car seat, keep your kiddo in it, facing the back as long as humanly possible. And until they hit one of those limits, any one of them, and it's time to, it's time to forward face them in that particular car seat. And you know, I have a ton of parents now that if they have a kid that's between 2 and 3 years old, they will ask me, you know, what do I do? Do I turn them forward facing? And and I struggle with that because even just based on what I just walked you through in a very sort of high level way of what happens to a child's body, they're not fully developed in their head, neck and spine. So does it make me a little nervous as just your friend and fellow mom knowing this information? It does, but it's then it's a personal choice for parents to say, okay, maybe I should take this seat and pass it on to, you know, a younger sibling that's up and coming, or I'm going to purchase one that's going to last longer, rear facing, or I feel comfortable, you know, turning my child. I don't want any kid to be forward facing before the age of two. Like not even. I am happy to have you. Post everywhere when you post post this podcast to say, I do not want any child forward-facing before the age of of two. But our goal should be as long as possible. And I think the other thing, and Nina, like you, you know, you're a mom, you know this and everybody listening knows this. These kids of ours, like when we get in the car, sometimes it's real nice to have a minute. And when you turn your kids forward-facing, game over. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I can't convince people on the science, it's like, mamas, listen to me. You're happier because they're not all up in your business. They're more comfortable because they're sitting in a reclined seat versus when you turn them forward facing, their legs are dangling down. So many kids complain that their legs hurt forward facing because it's like sitting on a bar stool without you know, one of those leg rests, how long can you do that? Not long. So it's like rear facing for me, what I've learned is my own parenting journey and why I turned my first on a second birthday and my second, when she, I mean, I fully maxed her out of her, you know, the limits of her car seat. And that meant four and a half it's safety and sanity. It's both.
0: I love that. And thank you for sharing all of that and going so in depth with all of that because, you know, I think parents are now seeing the campaign like turn after two. But I I still want parents to know it's not just at the second birthday when you turn. It's really Again, you understanding that manual of you know your car seat and recognizing like okay, what are the limits and I should be keeping them rear facing until uh, you know what point. And again, being able to talk to people like you and reach out to people like you on Instagram or what your website to ask these kind of questions to make sure you know am I doing the right thing um, is so comforting to have services like yours. So this was awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, no one's ever going to get any. You're not going to be judged or shamed by me and or my, you know, sort of my community ever. It's like foundational principle of why I even started all of this because it's, you know, we know when we know and learn and we have the information, then we make the decision. And that's all I really want for parents is to know the right questions to ask, to know the right people to ask them to, you know, and then to have the actual like science-based information and then you make a choice and then that is your choice as the parent. But right now there's still such a gap in what questions we're asking, who we're asking them to, and really that, you know, that scientifically proven information to make the most informed decision. So I think by doing things like this podcast and, you know, inviting experts like me on, we're starting to close that gap and, you know, move the needle forward a little bit more to keep our kids safer and to empower our parents,
0: you know? Agreed. Agreed. Because it consumers are left in the dark and a lot of this stuff. So being able to share information like this, it just makes it so much more obvious of like, oh, duh, I should be doing this. I need to be doing that. And these are the right questions that I should be asking. So I love it. This is great. So Michelle, are there any like just final words of advice or anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with?
1: You know, I think sort of how we opened, which is I just believe in the depths of my soul, we all are doing the very best we can with the information that we have now. And as we learn new information, we may, you know, change the way we view things or how we make decisions. And, you know, just encouraging people to continue to be open about learning new things and car seat safety and to not feel, you know, I tell everyone that I that I meet with and one-on-one consults or I speak with through my classes or, or whatever else, you know, They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I, I did this, you know, and before, and I tell them the same thing. Your child is safe right now. They are right now today. Everyone who's listening to this, your child is safe. If there's an opportunity for us to make them safer, let's do it. Great. We learned, <laughs> you know, and then we move on and we bless and release and we continue to Truck along every day, you know, doing the best job we can with the information that we have now.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Awesome. Michelle, this was great. I mean, thank you so much for joining us today. As I mentioned earlier, car seats are just so confusing at points. So we really appreciate your insight. Thank you again.
1: You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for bringing more awareness to this super important area. And hopefully, we did it in a way that didn't, you know, wasn't too overwhelming or intimidating or script, you know, scare the crap out of people.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. And you guys, listeners, let us know, you know, let us know your thoughts and to get more car seat tips and tricks from Michelle, be sure to go to her Instagram page at safe in the seat to learn more. You know, we'll be posting today's episode on our baby chicks, Facebook page. So you, if you have any questions or comments, you know, we'll be addressing all of those in the comments below. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks, you guys. Have a great week and stay safe.